ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my goddess. I am so happy to be with you today. I just made a fresh cup of coffee. I have on my massively oversized sweatshirt that used to belong to Josh and I took on. I have on my yoga pants and my enormous cozy socks. And I want to invite you to get into that cozy place too. Because I want us to go back to basics here at the Purpose Girl podcast, soon to be renamed. The basics of us women and happiness. Us women and the things that are keeping us from happiness. Because I will tell you that since announcing the shift from Purpose Girl into the Institute of Women, first, I felt so big, so alive, so powerful. And then after a couple of weeks, I think I've been going through like a vulnerability hangover. If you're not familiar with what that is, the term from Brene Brown, it's when we do something big, we share vulnerability. Maybe you tell your lover, that you are in love with them. Maybe you go to your boss and you ask for a promotion or a raise. Maybe you announce to the world that you're making a massive brand change and you're pivoting your business. And it feels so right and it feels so good. And then you go, what the fuck did I just do? (laughs) This just happened with a friend of mine where she is really deeply connected with the person that she's seeing. And she shared, I love you. And the person didn't say it back. And all sorts of stuff got kicked up for her, right? Like, oh my God, why did I say that? What did I do? And how beautiful that she could share her love no matter what the person said. And so the stuff that's being kicked up for me, what's happening is that it's kicking up some old anxiety oh my God, what if this is stupid? I'm a loser. What are you thinking? And then that anxiety is actually leading to some depression. Like, oh, I just want to go back to bed. I want to hide. I feel dumb. Who do I think I am to lead an institute? Right? And so it's like the one thing, the vulnerability leads to the anxiety, leads to the depression. And then if we get caught up in that, if I get caught up in that, which I can, because I'm totally human, no matter how many tools I have, then we can stay in a really down and dark place. And so today on this Reclaiming Woman podcast, previously Purpose Girl podcast, I'm honestly still sitting in the naming of it, which is one of the things that I want to talk about when we're in depression and anxiety is our indecisiveness. And what we need to do to be with ourselves and to come out of it. And this is gearing up to my favorite holiday, which is coming up on October 18th, 
which is Women's Happiness Day. Now, if you've never heard of this holiday, like you've heard of Halloween or you've heard of Christmas or Hanukkah or Ramadan or any other holiday, it's because I made it up. (laughs) I made it up and it has been celebrated. This is the fourth year in a row. So it's it is a thing. So I'm going to get into why I created Women's Happiness Day and what you and your mothers, your sisters, your friends can do in order to work with your depression, anxiety, or even if it isn't like diagnosable like that, but just feelings of the spiral down. We're going to talk about what you can do with all those things. And I want to share a big, beautiful, meaningful, special announcement, which is that for Women's Happiness Day on October 18th, I will be hosting a 100% completely free, totally complimentary from my heart to your heart, live happiness masterclass. And it's going to be so fun and so powerful. And I'm doing this masterclass called happiness in all caps, right? Happiness, it's the women's happiness masterclass. Because I want us to have a conversation. When I do the podcast, it's me speaking kind of to you, at you. When we come together for a masterclass like this, then we can engage. I can have you do exercises. I can respond to you. And we can be together with other women who are exactly where we are, who also want to be living on purpose, who also want to be creating their artwork, their books, their purpose babies, go for the promotion, have the love of their life. You can be with other like-hearted, like-souled women and be in that community. And it feels so yummy. It's like if you love this podcast, you're going to really freaking love being in a live masterclass with me. So make sure that you go sign up right now. Just like pause the podcast, go to karenrockheim.com forward slash WHD, karenrockheim.com forward slash WHD. It's totally free. Invite your mom, invite your sisters, invite your friends, make it like a group thing where maybe you all get together and you watch it together. It's during the day because I've got the baby at night. So tell your work if you can. You have an appointment with your counselor because you do. Me, right? Like I'm your coach. So take the time off. Join us. Okay, it's going to be that delicious, that powerful, that important of a connection and conversation. You're going to leave that masterclass feeling so good with my number one hack for women's happiness with the three proven tools that I know from science and I know from my own life and working with clients every day. You want to be part of this conversation. So join us, join us, join us. Okay, now let's talk about why I created Women's Happiness Day. So I've shared on the podcast a couple of times that I had multiple miscarriages. And the second miscarriage was the hardest for me. With the first miscarriage, we got pregnant immediately. Like the first time that Josh and I had unprotected sex, boom, pregnant. We were in Italy, we were having wine, we were eating calamari, we had this delicious lunch, the sun was shining, we went back to our hotel room, it was like, why not? Let's just try boom, we got pregnant. So when I had that miscarriage, as devastating as it was, and it was devastating, we were at the hospital because I was bleeding and trigger warning for some graphic content. I went into the restroom and bled everything out. And then afterwards, we were laying on a hospital bed and they were doing the ultrasound and there was no baby. There was nothing inside of my uterus anymore except for a big empty cavity. And as hard as that was, I had so much hope. I had so much knowing that it was going to happen again because we got pregnant the first time. Like, boom, I'm so fertile, right? Wrong. 
I do believe I'm fertile, even now at 48. I do believe in miracles. I do believe anything and everything can happen. And it wasn't that easy. Month after month after month, no baby. Then we went to a fertility doctor. He turned out to not be a match for us. He said things that just really upset me and made me feel old and made me feel helpless. So then I did all sorts of other things. And so it was two years later that we got pregnant again. And then I was 43 years old. And at 43, when I had the second miscarriage, that was when it felt like the bottom dropped out on me. I felt like I had nothing left. I was so proud of myself that I had created Purpose Girl, that I had already helped millions of women through the SiriusXM radio show I was on, Wake Up With Taylor, that I had already coached hundreds or thousands of women in all the speaking that I have done, whether it's at Amazon or Capital One. Like I really felt like I had lived purpose and that this piece of purpose for me of having a human baby to nurture and to support and to cheerlead and to be there for them to mold into who they are born to be, it seemed hopeless. And when you lose hope, you feel helpless. Okay, so this is something that we know from the research. When you are hopeless, you become helpless. I'll say that again. When you become hopeless, you become helpless. Because hope, we know from the research a beautiful, incredible researcher, may he rest in peace, Dr. Snyder. He did all this research on hope and hope is like a great igniter in your brain. Because when you have even the tiniest little inkling, teeny witty itty bitty of hope, right? And for you, for me, I'm talking about having a human baby. For you, it could be around your purpose baby. It could be, you know, getting your artwork out into the world or starting the doggy daycare business that you want to or getting into the C-suite at your company, getting that big promotion, becoming a manager, whatever it is for you, right? Your little seedling purpose baby. If you lose hope, you feel totally helpless because what hope does is hope a teeny tiny little spark of hope, a teeny tiny little seed of hope planted in your brain, ignites your brain to begin thinking of pathways to get there. It also begins igniting agency or motivation, right? So let's say at your job, someone comes to you and says, there's going to be a manager position open and we want you to apply. You feel so hopeful, right? Like, yes, they want me. This is something I want. They want me. And then your brain immediately, think about it, your brain immediately kicks in with, okay, what do I need to do in order to show that I'm worth it, in order to prove my value? Let me go back through what clients have emailed to me about how much value. Let me go see how much money I've saved the company, made the company. Let me get my outfit together for the interview. Let me hire a coach to work on my interview questions or work on my resume. Like you begin thinking of strategies, right? But then let's say you go through all those interviews and they choose someone else who is way less qualified than you. And you ask why, and they don't really have a good answer. Well, what can happen in your brain then is that you lose hope, right? And then you just say, forget it. It's help- like it's helpless here. There's, there's nothing I can do here. And then you start thinking, I better go to another company. Because if they passed me over, in fact, this happened to a friend of mine. She applied for three different advancement opportunities in her company. And she was like, forget it. And she lost all hope. And then some piece of her said, wait a minute, I really like this company. So is there anything I can do? And she got a tiny spark of hope. And the tiny spark of hope she got was to actually meet with her manager and say, hey, I've applied for three 
different opportunities here. Tell me what I could do differently. Is there any room for advancement here? And the person had a conversation and said, oh my gosh, we see amazing things for you. Those just weren't fits. This is the kind of thing we see for you in the future. And then she got hope again. And the minute that the kind of job that they felt that she would be really good at came up, boom, she got that job. Then she got promoted in that job. And now she's rising up. So she took it. She became, the second she had a tiny bit of hope, she was no longer helpless. She helped herself. So when I had the second miscarriage, I lost all hope because I was 43. I knew my mom went through menopause at 43. Plus, I had now had a fertility doctor tell me that I was old and I had no chance and I should use donor eggs. And that had felt totally impossible to me at the time. And so I just felt totally hopeless. And when you're hopeless, you feel helpless. And this is one of the seats of anxiety and depression. Because if we don't think that there's anything we can do about something, then we go into anxiety. And statistically, anxiety is the biggest mental health issue that we have. On the day I'm taping this, yesterday was World Mental Health Day. And so if we just look at some of the statistics, one in five adults in the United States alone experiences mental illness each year. One in 20 U.S. adults experiences serious mental illness. This is from the National Alliance on Mental Illness. This has only increased with the pandemic with so many people being lonely because we know that one of the things that we need in order to live a happy, fulfilling life is we need other people. So when we went into isolation, we went into lockdown, plus companies were going out of business, people were furloughed, depression, anxiety just skyrocketed. And here's the thing. It's increased in everybody, but even more so in women. Twice as many women are depressed as men. Twice as many women have anxiety as men. And the ripple effect then to other issues, right? People with depression have a 40% higher risk of developing cardiovascular and metabolic diseases than everyone else. And so there's this ripple effect where our mental health impacts the rest of our body health, of course, because we know that when our brains are in a fight flight mode, they're in stress mode, then we actually shut down different systems in our body. We get jolts of cortisol in order to fight a predator. The stress of being in anxiety all the time. Oh my God, I'm not going to have a job. Oh my God, I'm not going to get the promotion. Oh my God, this person doesn't love me back. Oh my God, I had the miscarriage. I'll never be able to have a baby, right? The anxiety. Now, as I talk like that, feel in your body how it feels because for me, my muscles are tensing up. My heart rate is going up. Literally, I know that what's happening is I'm getting jolts of cortisol, which is what allows the energy to fight or to flee. So these are important mechanisms if I'm facing a saber-toothed tiger. But when I go through any of these things and then I need to wake up the next day and take care of my family or go to work and beyond just the, what I need to do, I wake up the next day and I want to feel good. I want to feel alive. I want to work on a book. I want to create a dog walking business. I want to get my artwork out into the world. I want to have mad, passionate, epic, beautiful love. I want to travel the world. I want to travel in Italy for a month, whatever it is for you. There's baseline survival, which is coming out of the depression, the anxiety, and just getting to baseline zero. But what this podcast is all about, what I am all about, what Women's Happiness Day is all about is that we far go beyond baseline zero and we soar. 
we have wildly happy lives that are beyond anything we could imagine that allow us to actually like really savor and enjoy this life that take us out of our comfort zone to do the kind of travel. You want to get an RV? I want you to get that RV and travel the world and see all the national parks. You want to get your pilot's license? Fuck yeah, I want you to get your pilot's license. And so what Women's Happiness Day is about and what this podcast and all my work is about is not just that we go from a negative five of depression, anxiety, helplessness up to a zero, but that we thrive, that we soar, you have purpose. And so when we look at these statistics, it can be pretty daunting. Now, I know for me, when I was in a place of hopelessness and I felt helpless, I needed all of my tools to get, let's say, from that negative six, negative seven place up to a baseline zero. And those are resilience tools. And resilience tools, they might be mental tools, mental tools where I start shifting how I think and saying, is it true that everything is lost? Is it true that I will never be able to have a baby? Or is it true that I'll never be able to publish a book? A few years ago, I had an agent She loved my book idea around women's purpose. She was so into it. She said, for sure, we're getting a deal. She sent out my abstract to 20 different publishers. 14 came back that they wanted more information. She's like, we're totally getting a deal. This is like in the bag. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like she knows she's published a ton of books, right? One by one by one, every single one of those publishers rejected me. And the first one hurt so bad. It stung so bad. I remember sitting on our couch. I was in the corner seat. We have a huge, huge couch in our living room. And it's one of those L-shaped things. And I was sitting in the little corner and I read the first rejection and I curled up into a tiny little ball. I was so ashamed and so embarrassed. I took a big pillow and put it over my head so that nobody could see me. And that's my particular brand of shame and anxiety and depression. It's social. It's the fear of rejection. And I've done so much work on myself. I know where it goes back to. I know it goes back to being a little girl and being afraid that the other little girls at school don't like me, feeling in my family like I needed to be perfect in order to be okay. And that was my interpretation of how I grew up, right? It was like my adorable brain and what was going on for me. And so I put the pillow over my head, this rejection, the shame. But then I remembered that there are 13 other publishers still looking. So I felt hope okay, I got this. There's still 13. And one by one by one, they all rejected me. Now, something happened in that process where I no longer was so terrified of rejection and I knew I can be rejected and not die. I also, in that process, learned to keep using my resilience skills, right? So one resilience skill is thinking, okay, Life is not over because one publisher rejected me. There are 13 more, right? So I reframe the situation. And even once they all rejected me, by then I was so good at the resilient school of thinking that I was like, okay, well, there are other ways to publish a book. I can self-publish. I can do a hybrid model where I pay someone to publish and it's a publisher, but I put money into it and then they help get things out online and in different places. So I already by that point was really skilled in my mental resilience tools. And that's one of the major tools we're going to talk about on Women's Happiness Day. And I'm going to give you a couple of really easy hacks of what you can do mentally and with your thinking. And so when I went through the second miscarriage, I know I'm weaving between stories, so hopefully you're with me here, sister. 
one of the things, one of the tools that I use was my own mental skills. Is it true I won't be able to have a baby ever? What else is true? Now, I was finding it was really hard to access that higher level thinking because I was just so in it, right? The anxiety was so strong. The feelings were so strong. Does that ever happen to you? Where like, you know somewhere that you could shift your thinking, you could reframe, but you're so in the emotion, you're so in the anger, so in the depression, so in the grief, whatever it might be, like you can't get yourself to be there. Me too. That happens to all of us. Like when we're so in the emotion, you you can't access the higher level thinking. And so for me, when I was in that place, it was like, I need to do something in my body. So this is another resilience tool. Again, something we will talk about on Women's Happiness Day. I will teach you and I teach in all my programs is I actually had to get the emotion out of my body because what happens when you're in fight flight, there is a cycle, right? So as I explained, you go into a stress mode and your body shuts off systems it doesn't need. Like you don't need a reproductive system if you're going to be eaten by a saber tooth tiger. So your body shuts it off. You don't need your endocrine system, a number of different systems. And your body gets ready to fight or to flee or even you might freeze, right? Freezing is what I did on that couch that day. I put my hands in the pillow over my head. But if your body doesn't complete the cycle, the fight flee cycle, then it gets stuck in your body. And that cortisol that was supposed to be used for adrenaline, cortisol becomes adrenaline in the body to fight or to flee. If you don't actually physically move it out, the cortisol gets stuck in your body and becomes poison. And a lot of people end up with like a a little ring of fat around their belly from all the cortisol that's built up. This is something we know from the research. And so you have to actually complete the cycle in your body. Isn't that mind blowing? So how do we complete the cycle in our body? When you're in that mode, you have to feel the grief, feel the anger, feel everything that you can and move it through. So let's take the publisher example. I'm laying on the couch and the pillows over my head. I'm not moving. I'm just in freeze. But what my body needed was to actually complete the cycle of the grief. So there are a number of tools that I do for this. What I did with the miscarriages is I went out into the woods. I learned this tool from my priestess mentor, Christina Rilo. I went out into the woods with a bat and I found a big rock. And I asked this big rock, can I beat the shit out of you in order to feel healthy, in order to heal? And I waited for the rock to give her answer, yes. And I took that bat and I just beat the shit out of it. I'm so fucking pissed. I'm so fucking sad. And I was crying and I was screaming. And then I would kick my legs and then I got down on my hands and my knees and I stomped and I'm beating the rock up. And then I would be exhausted and I would cry. And I'm moving it and moving it, moving it through. Now, one of my mentors, Regina Thomas-Hour, wrote the book Pussy. She calls it swamping, where you turn on a song. Could be a song like Alanis Morissette, you ought to know, right? Like that's a pretty anger-inducing song. Or maybe it's a grief song that really brings up that feeling of pain. And then you move your body to the song in the vein of the emotion. So it's not just like, woohoo, dancing to an anger song. It's like hitting pillows, screaming, punching, And it's actually so healing and so healthy because you're completing the cycle. Something that I do now because I'm still someone who suffers from anxiety. So at the end of some days, I need to move that cycle because I had anxiety, let's say about something with work or something about Shay or whatever it might be. 
And at the end of the day, I might just get up. Josh will see me get out of bed and I'll just shake. I'm doing it right now. I'm just shaking my fingers and arms. I'm shaking my shoulders. I'm shaking my head. Like you can hear the vibration. And I just shake it out. Because it helps to complete the cycle. So there are tools that bring us from like the negative six, negative seven up to baseline zero, moving it through your body. (sighs) Then once you move it through your body, you might have more access. You chances are you will have more access to the mental tools of what else is true. Can I get promoted in any other way? Are there any jobs? Could I talk to my boss? Can I have a baby in another way? What might I do in order to reconnect in love? Whatever it might be. Another one of the tools to get from the negative up to the zero is sisterhood. And when I went through that second miscarriage, I leaned into friends and women like you've never seen. I don't know that I would be here if not for my friend, Stacy. I really needed to lean into her big time. Stacy would come over and I would just lay my head on her chest and she would just hold me. She would stroke my cheek the way I remember my grandmother stroking my cheek when I was a little girl. I would nuzzle my face, my cheeks into Stacy's beautiful big breasts. And she would just hold me like a mama. And that very act is soothing to your nervous system because ideally when you were a baby and you were crying, someone would hold you to their breast, right? One of the things I do when I don't have someone to lean into, again, to go from a negative to a baseline zero is I'll put my own hands firmly, but still gently, tenderly on my heart because that gentle, firm pressure replicates your heart against your mama's heart or your caretaker's heart when you were a little baby. Now, I know not all babies had that kind of loving care, but the majority, hopefully, of us did. And so these are a way, again, to regulate your nervous system to go from the negative six, negative seven, negative 10 up to baseline zero. And I did all of these when I went through the second miscarriage. And then there are tools that move us from baseline zero to a plus two or plus three or a plus five or a plus six or a plus eight. And this is when we move into thriving, into flourishing, into living a joyful, alive, radiant, beautiful, incredible life. Now, these tools, some of them are similar, like sisterhood, because then we could be in sisterhood. My friend Allison during that time was sending me a quote every day, and she would send me different meditations that she would listen to on Insight Timer. And so her quotes, some of them brought me to baseline zero, and some of them reminded me of this beautiful life that we could live, reminded me of all of the hope and the opportunity out in the world, reminded me to love myself that would just take me above the baseline zero to a plus one, to a plus two, to a plus three. Or I would get together, a couple of friends would send me beautiful care packages. Or I would talk to another friend of mine who's like my biggest cheerleader. And she's like, I believe in you. I know that great things are going to come out of this. I know it feels like shit right now, but I, I also know that great things are going to happen for you. Right. So it's like different things can help us on different days. And you can go back and forth between above baseline zero to net, but below baseline zero. But for me in meditation, I was meditating a lot. And one of the things that we know brings us way beyond a baseline zero is purpose. That's why I'm so obsessed with purpose. So as I healed to baseline zero, I was then able to shift into the plus four, plus five, plus eight of, and what else do I want in life? If I'm not going to be a mother, what else do I desire? What else is possible? What else? 
what would help me feel really amazing, really great, right? And so I had to get to baseline zero and then I could go, whoa, and what else? And for me, purpose is huge. And so I would say in meditation, show me what else I'm here to birth. What else can I birth? What else can I do? And I had an image of women gathering in small circles around the globe, connecting with each other, supporting each other, holding each other, uplifting each other, cheerleading each other. And boom, Women's Happiness Day was born. It was originally called Women's Global Happiness Day. So it was like, oh, we're going to hold these events around the world. And we did. I started telling people this idea and different friends of mine, students of mine, clients of mine who were all over the world said, I'll hold an event for you. And we had 99 events in 20 countries from Lagos, Nigeria, to Singapore, to Toronto, Canada, to Philadelphia, to West Palm Beach in Florida. Women gathered on this day, October 18th, the one year anniversary of that miscarriage. Women gathered and they uplifted each other and they wrote mantras and they got clear on what brings them joy and they elevated way beyond baseline zero to a plus six, to a plus eight, to a plus 10. And so did I, because I was able to turn that massive pain and alchemize it into purpose, into something meaningful. And that gave me so much power. It was no longer life or the situation victimizing me and me being a teeny tiny victim on the couch. It was me flipping it. And becoming the creator of my life, using this incredibly hard, difficult thing that still brings me to tears. You can still hear it. Using it as something that challenged me to actually rise to my best self. And so for two years in a row, we held Women's Happiness Day around the world in different events in Paris, France, and all these different places around the world. And then COVID. And I had a baby. And so we weren't able to do the small events around the world. And so now for the second or third year in a row, we're doing an online event. And I'm ready to gather hundreds of women together in a masterclass on happiness. I'm ready for all of us to come together to declare we deserve more. We deserve not just baseline zero. We deserve utmost joy. We deserve to be in our power. We deserve to go for our dreams. We deserve to not only not be helpless, but to be totally self-responsible for creating magic. We own our magic. We own our mysticism. We own our incredibleness. We are radiant. We are alive. I'm a wise, wild woman. And to own our wholeness, that it is okay that we have the grief and we have the anger and we have the difficult times. It's okay that we go through bouts of depression. It's okay that we go through bouts of anxiety and we do still thrive, both and. And we have so much to celebrate. And we have so many dreams. I mean, it's like, I'm honest with you guys. My nervous system will run high anxiety. And I still take my family and travel to Italy and have created this incredible world where I get to empower women and we get to do incredibly fun things. I'm leading women in Miami next weekend. Like, you get to be both. You get to be it all. Where I have like this small little part of me that is so sweet. And she, after announcing the Institute of Women, the little girl inside me is like, oh no, what did we do? Go crawl on the couch and put a pillow over her head. And showing up here, showing up to clients and showing up for the Institute of Women where we had our first masterclass. It was three days. It was called Rebirth and 300 women signed up. And the feedback, I mean, they said that their entire lives changed in three days. And then now I'm running the first course called Becoming. And women have said that they are literally changed at the cellular level just five days in. It's a two-week program. And they're like, already 
owning desires already, shifting what their mind chatter and the negative voices say, already feeling desire in their body when they haven't allowed themselves to feel desire, already healing past traumas, past abuses, rapes, violations, already. And so I can have both and of like the small little helpless me and the powerful woman me. And this is what my tools, my happiness tools, like I am telling you that I am the bomb. I am the expert on women's happiness. There are only a few hundred of us in the world that have our master's degree in positive psychology, the scientific study of happiness. And I am the one who specifically has taken all of this science, all these research and turned it into tools for women. And I'm going to own that. I might have a vulnerability hangover tomorrow for saying it so boldly. And I'm owning that. No one does women's aliveness like me. No one. And that's why I want you to join me for this free masterclass. It's totally free. You have nothing to lose. Go to karenrockine.com forward slash WHD. Keep listening to this podcast. Even if I'm still figuring out the exact name and what I'm going to rename it as, and maybe I shouldn't have told you yet. It doesn't matter. I want to show you purpose over perfection. I want to show you progress over perfect. It doesn't matter. Keep coming back. Keep listening to the podcast. Share it with your friends. Get your girlfriends together. And instead of book club, do every week. You listen to one of these episodes and you uplift each other. You take each other higher. You do the tools and the exercises that I put in every single podcast. It will change your life. It has changed thousands and thousands and thousands of women's lives. I know it's already changing your life. And then take the next step of being part of a masterclass with other women who are getting the information at the same time. Be part of the next step of sharing this with your moms and your sisters and the women at work and your girlfriends and having this kind of podcast club instead of book club where instead of getting together and just venting about what's wrong or venting about the teachers at school, venting about your partners, get together and uplift each other and be like, you're so awesome. No, you're so awesome. Let's learn. Let's grow. Be part of this revolution, the evolution of woman, which is what I'm here for, is the revolution that will change our lives. And it begins with us all rising above baseline zero to soar. And it's going to look different for me than it does for you. It's about getting so clear on who you are, owning all aspects of you, being totally alive in your expression of life, totally going for it and loving yourself through it. So join the sisterhood to do that together. Join the Facebook group. It's still called Purpose Girls Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. Come to the masterclass, karenrockine.com forward slash WHD. Invite others to be part of the conversation. That's how we change the world one woman at a time. Of course, find me over on Instagram at Karen Rockine. I am on TikTok. Find me over there. We're still playing with the channel and everything I'm going to be doing over there, but find me over there. Let's keep this going. You deserve to thrive, sister. And I'm here to help you with it. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.